This is the SCT Show. Hughes carries for the hash mark into the slot. Horvat scores. Just 12 seconds into the man advantage. The captain gets the Canucks on the board. Four fans. I want to win a cup. And I don't know if you guys want to win a cup. I want to win a cup. By fans. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that Jimbo got his ass handed to him this offseason, right? Like, I, I, I can just imagine. Aquilini must have just... Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana and Nam Man. We got Grminder here, we got Tanbir here, we got Ryan here, Nam here. But it's a sad day, so let's let's get into that. Uh, TSN 1040 is no more. Um, tough day, man. Tough news. Like, even just thinking about it right now, um, I guess I'll give my personal take and then we'll kind of go around, get everybody's two cents on it. Um, you know, I've been listening to that, uh, you know, radio station for, for what, like 20 years now, man. I mean, since my high school days, um, I'll never forget like the 2004 lockout, um, uh, listening to that. And even during, you know, the, the cup run of 2011 and, and all the personalities, you know, um, Don Taylor, Dave Pratt, like, I mean, it, it kind of felt like a part of my sports life for the last what 20 years or so and uh sad day today man sad day um what were you guys thoughts Tamber? um yeah man like you know sort of got Tanbir from surrey from tsn 1040 you know what i mean yeah, that was yeah. that's where i got my twitter uh, handle from um called into that radio station many times got cut off many times <laughs> sad day man very sad day uh you know it was a part of my morning routine i'll get up and listen to <clears throat> halford and bruff you know yes. and yes. uh great show you know i want to give those guys a shout out and then make my way to donnie and the Moj in the middays and you know this the station's been around a long time i think yeah. i've been listening to it since out uh since 03 i remember when i was a kid you know when the canucks would play in, on pay-per-view uh, you know, you would as a kid, you you didn't want to get your parents, you know, brown kid, brown family. They're not going to pay for pay per view, right? They're like, yeah. Are you stupid, like you know, like yeah. you know, yeah. mad at you. Um, so like I would go to my garage and we'd have our car parked in the garage, and I would listen to TSN or Team Ten Forty at that time. Team Ten Forty, yep. And listen to the game through the radio. So it's been a part of my life, yeah, almost since day one. Um, and it's sad to see it go because those people were awesome. They were funny. They were, you know, you related to them and the way the, the pad, they were so passionate about the sports and the Canucks and yeah. stuff. So, and Don Taylor, like from Sportsnet connected to still listening to him on the radio was awesome. I'm sure he'll be back. Hopefully some mm-hmm. of these guys hopefully are back. So like, man, that's a, that's a gut, it's a gut punch. And the way they sent him off was just embarrassing. Like I'm definitely boycotting Bell. Like, I don't know, but some gross, dirty, scumbag shit by that company. And uh, I just hope that, uh, you know, that uh, there's for them because that's some bullshit. 100% bullshit. What do you think, Carminder? You know, I agree with both you guys. I mean, from the corporate side, that was as cutthroat as I've ever seen anything. Right, I mean, Vince McMahon yeah. is one thing, but that's make believe. <laughs> but this was just a week after Bell Let's Talk Day. 
a report mm-hmm. coming out that the company had made $900 million in the last quarter and then <clears throat> applying for government subsidy for another $122 million during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're ready. To, they did it because they know they can get away with it. Yeah. You know, they think people will get will forget about it in a week. Um yeah, it was a big part of it was a big part of me growing up too. I mean, it started in 2001, 2000, 2001. Yeah. Drive to SFU. I remember listening to the first show it was Jim Van Horn. Yeah. And Paul Carson introducing the show. And I mean, it's more of a I I understand business change, life's change, but it's but the way you treat people doesn't change. And that was just, I mean, who's going to make the CEO, who's going to make him answer for this? Who's going to make any of the execs answer for this? No one, we can't, right? Yeah. I was told a long time ago that the 1% is the 1% for a reason. And just why didn't they, they, they could have done it last night. They could announce it on Friday. But apparently everybody heard this morning during the Halford and Bruff show and I think the one person that I wish was still here was Jason Botchford. I mean, mm-hmm. there would have been, I mean, he would have been able to tell all of us what was really going on, but yeah. I'm going to miss it. I, I I have to admit, I was more of a 1040 than 650 only because I was used to it, not because I chose one or the other. We grew mm-hmm. up with that, right? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. And yeah. what are you guys' thoughts on Bell Let's Talk now? Like, like I, I'm not saying that, you know, people's mental health doesn't matter. And, like, you know, I think, you know, it's a very, um, it's a move by Bell to almost, like, you know, like a public move, you know, to, like, get some yeah. good PR. And yeah. you, you you have Bell Let's Talk legit weeks before you let go of Dan O'Toole on TSN TV and a bunch of other people, Brent Wallace and Natasha. It's very disappointing. I was very invested in Bell Let's Talk this year due to personal reasons and things like that. No, what, what is <clears throat> Bell Let's Talk, though, boys? Like, what is it? Because... You know, it's about mental health, and like I use TSN ten forty as a as a way to you know, you know, mentally just get rid of my frustration when it comes to the Canucks. I listen to them because you know it brings me good mental health. You know, mm. like it's something that I, I enjoy, and a lot of sports fans enjoy. Um, and they're getting rid of these stations, like all over Canada almost, and. Like, what is Bell Let's Talk? Like, seriously, what uh, is yeah. it? You know I don't I mean? even like, want to use the corporate name on that, to be honest with you anymore. Yeah. Like, Why at this point, I don't, even want to, I don't even want to use that corporate name. I think, you know, in terms of the Let's Talk, let's, let, let's talk thing, it's really difficult at this point to look at that and say that's not just a corporate shell thing that they're doing, right, to, mm-hmm. to gain publicity and whatnot. So yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that, and it's I mean you think about the number of families, you mm-hmm. know that are impacted, you know, with this like the number of jobs that are lost, and and you think about the fact that this is also happening during COVID times, where you know I mean we've all been going through enough, you know, a mental, you know, stress over exactly, the last and year. they're getting rid of these these shows that bring a lot of like you know. You look at all over Twitter, people are saying that these guys were, you know, great help to their mental health. Like, yeah. these guys, you know, brought joy to their, their daily lives. And yeah. I could, you know, I agree, because it did for me as well. Like, this is what I, this is a morning routine. I'd get up, I'd turn on the podcast, because they'd start a little bit early than i get up. So yeah. I'm already, like, an hour behind, so I'm listening to the podcast. You know, I'm actually listening to Halford and Bruff hourly 
through Apple Podcasts. So yeah. it just it just didn't make any sense to me. It's almost like you know, Bella's talk is almost like a scam. Like yeah, I don't know. It feels you know, like it. Yeah. It almost feels like it. Like emotionally, you know, like, I know what you mean right now. What do you, uh, What does it yeah. mean? But like, like they they took a government loan, right? They took yeah. a government loan to pay out their employees. That's what I read. And uh, now they're laying these employees off, like going to firing these employees and getting rid of all these these people after getting the loan of what was it like almost like two, like a hundred million dollars or something like that, like like yeah. what the, and they, like they probably donate a lot of that to Bell. Let's talk. I, yeah, like, where's almost, that money going? That's the real question. Almost, you know, it's almost premeditated, right? They I don't know. Fall, they would have to pay these severance packages out. So let's take as much, let's apply and get what we're allowed to under the law. But mm. it's just so disappointing that it's 2021 and we still have corporations hiding behind PR tactics like mental health, which is a big mm. deal. And yeah, it should not be Bell Let's Talk anymore. It should just be Let's Talk. It should be just Let's Talk. If yeah. they, First cared, off, if they yeah. cared, this would have never, ever happened. And it, like I said, it's, you know, let's say, let's say there's an avalanche of bad negative press on the CEO. I think his name is Wade Oosterman. He's going to take a $100 million package and he's going to go away and he'll be replaced by another CEO that won't care. But they, they're they not held accountable and they're not going to answer. They're not going to yeah. say why. They, I mean, how can you say we're losing money but you posted on the public stock market over $900 yeah. million profits in the fourth quarter of a pandemic? I mean, yeah. it's, it's sad. It's personal almost for a lot of people. Be- yeah, Bella's talk is, it's 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 weird. First off, because Bell is a cell phone provider. First off, and cell phones could be one of the worst things for your mental health. So it's just ironic how, you know, I'm not like you know, Bell's. It doesn't, and they're letting go of these these people that work hard. They didn't even get to say a goodbye on the air. They just cut them off right away. Like how they were going in, yeah. Like how they did it. Yeah, how and Bruff were going. Yeah. on their fourth hour of the show and they just finished their third hour and you didn't even hear for them. It, it went from this robotic message on the station uh, and then they started playing uh, Time of Our Lives, uh, Green Day or was it Closing Time? I don't even know what the song was. It was like days of like you guys remember that Green Day song that everybody uses yeah. for um, <laughs> slideshows? I think the yeah, song is actually called high school, Good Riddance or something like that. Song. Yeah. What was that, Ryan? I think the song is actually called Good Riddance. Oh, Good wow. Riddance. Pretty okay, sure. Yeah. Ryan, what are your thoughts? You're a daily listener, too. You know what? Okay, so one, the first time I ever heard of Tan Beer from Surrey was on 1040. Of course. Yeah. This guy was making waves. He was getting banned. He was swearing on the air. He was doing all sorts of shit. <laughs> and like, like, we all grew up with 1040. And the thing about 1040 was we grew up with it like pre-cell phone era. We had nothing else. We had the TV, which would come on, what, 6 o'clock or whatever. Your, like, nightly sportscast, late night, early morning. That's it. You didn't have anything during the day. And I still remember being in, like, grade, I don't even know, like, 6 or 7 trade deadline day. And we had the fucking radio on in the classroom during lunch. And that's where I first, like, found out, oh, Canucks traded for Mika Noren and some shit like that. I was just like, yo... Like 1040, <laughs> I know Mika Norton, so random, but like, oh my god, yeah. Mika Norton, I remember that, yeah, I remember that as well, 2006, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eric <laughs> they had uh, something Ruchinsky too, Martin Ruchinsky, Eric Martin Weinrich, Ruchinsky as well, yeah, 
like 1040 was that sort of gap yeah. there for us they filled it right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's where they we did went. and man i'm gonna miss them and i i'd send texts all the time yeah you know and you know I'd joke around with them and like it, it, they were just you know they were they were they always had fun on the radio that's what yeah. that's what i enjoyed the most is they were always laughing and stuff and man it's gonna i really hope that if you know some of them get back on the air and like yeah. and uh, me and ryan were talking about this before you guys joined uh the conversation the you know hopper and breath like they they, they got to get back on the airways like they're in my opinion one right? of they're, they're too good right yeah. but then to having two radio stations opened up more jobs right and now that there's only one sports radio station there could be people that lose their jobs at Sportsnet, and I personally don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like having two radio stations was good for this city. I know we we laughed about radio wars and all that stuff, and it was fun. Yeah. But at the end of the day, having two radio stations was good for the people that worked in the industry. You know, they had you know more jobs. Now there's going to be less jobs, and yeah. and it sucks because yeah. you don't want to see that, right? You want to see. Yeah. It is what it is, but yeah, it was from good a business for the perspective, too. like. Yeah. Sorry, what was that, Ryan? It was good for the listener too, right? You had more choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. From from a business perspective, like you know, to be honest with you, I I I kind of get you know why two radio stations in this market was a challenge, especially you know when one's got the the Canucks rights. You know that one's always going to have a little bit, you know, more in terms of you know, kind of what they can sort of do and whatnot. And and at the same time, I think we're also headed towards, you know, a, a new time, a new era of, of, I mean, look how many podcasts are coming out and, and, and just even in terms of like, you know, business dollars, advertisement dollars and whatnot, I could understand where, you know, it's, it's a struggle to have two thriving radio stations in, in you know, market like this. Um, but I think for me, the part that really sucks is just how they did it, right? Like this is yeah. just classless, right? This is tasteless, you know, and, 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 and a little bit shocking. Like, I won't lie. I mean, I, like their ratings weren't bad. Like they were they're really they're good. good, right? They were beating out 650 constantly. And yet it seems that, you know, really this decision is probably due to you know a uh, kind of an organizational shift if you will uh we're joined by joe here joe how's it going bro my we're man just, nam what's, what's cracking we're just talking about 1040 man giving our thoughts about yep, saturday today you give us your thoughts as well man what do you think what do you well, think what are you feeling obviously sad news um i was a little impartial to 650 but at the same time like i was driving into work today and uh, no offense to Eddie Lack, but I can't stand the guy. And his photo <laughs> showed my guy Randy Riccio. Eddie Lack's coming on. Normally, I switch over to 1040, so I don't have to hear about ketchup on spaghetti or whatever other nonsense that guy's talking about. Nickelback. So I couldn't today. It kind of hurt. I was like, oh, damn it. I wasn't even upset, and I was like instantly like, okay, maybe I did. Maybe I do miss 1040 more than I thought. 
Joe, Joe's gonna become either a News Eleven Thirty guy now, or, <laughs> or, or he's gonna be, I'm gonna be on Bloomberg FM. now. I'm going on Bloomberg, man. That's Bloomberg. it. Yeah. That's it. I'm gone. Yeah. No, we were just talking about like how sad it is, like with it going down, and especially how it went down, like how these guys got the news, like just so unprofessional, especially for you know organization like Bell, um, you know, and 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 just it sucks and and. You know, I guess the point that I was making was I'm not overly surprised. It's challenging, I guess, you know, for perhaps where, you know, um, radio is headed and advertisement and sort of the world is headed in terms of having two com- kind of strong competing um, sports stations here. Like I could, I could kind of get sure. it that one wasn't going to be able, that, you know, one was probably going to end up getting canned eventually. Just sucks the way it happened. And honestly, kind of sucks that who it happened to, right? Just because... For, for a lot of us, growing up, we grew up with 1040, right? And and so mm. definitely challenging. I will also say um, really uh, heartfelt sucks for, for Rick Dollywell, man. The best in yeah. the business. And unfortunately, for you know, sure. Rick's, you know, out of a gig here. And, and he's going to be back. I mean, he's just too freaking good. But yeah, um, really that's that's one thing that sucks, man. Uh, I I honestly listen to I'd listen to Donnie Moj and Rick podcast. Like that would be gold. Like him and yeah. the Moj were they were together for a bit when Donnie wouldn't do uh, the show on Fridays, and it was so much fun just texting him in and just trolling him the whole time. And Rick's amazing. And must have, <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. But you know. I think we should move on to the Canucks because you know we're not going to let them off the hook, right? We're not going to let them off the hook. We can't. We can't. So, so speaking of letting people off the hook, uh, (laughs) Jake Vertanen's been getting the hook quite lately, quite often. (laughs) Right? Let's segue into that. You said you you know before we started recording that you wanted to you wanted to talk about it. So, floor is yours, Jake Vertanen. What do you want to go? Go for it. You know, it is what it's a tough start, man. The whole team, like it's not just Jake, like the whole team, <laughs> like the whole team is struggling right now, and it shows how important Jake is to the team. Like Joe's Jake just losing his shit, up. man. We we've lost Joe. He's he's somewhere on the ground, just dying with tan beer, man. I thought this was gonna be the tan beer moment to finally admit he was wrong on Jake, but no. Okay, let so, me just let me okay, just go let on, me go. just go on. You know, like. It's clear that he needs to change, you know, like, it hasn't gone right. And, you know, we could talk about how he was starting on the first line with Besser and Pedersen, and it didn't go well, but guess what? Pedersen wasn't playing well at that moment either. So, in order for Jake to do well, he needs Pedersen going on that line, right? And he needs JT Miller going. And JT Miller and Pedersen, Pedersen's starting to find his stride again, but you could tell JT Miller is still not there. And, And Jake... He's not there. Like, I'm, I'm not going to make excuses for the guy. But when you're going out and saying that he has an IQ of an almond, that's disrespect. And if, you know, if you want to go there, you can. But that just shows you what kind of character you have as a person on fucking social media. And, and you know what? You're going to hear from some people. You know, I'm, I, I saw some screenshots of his brother going at, you know, at, at Vanessa uh, from the broadcast. But that just shows you what kind of character these people have. They're going at this one kid who is struggling and you're going to go after his IQ because he made a, you know, he didn't, it wasn't a smart play. I'll, I'll go with it. I'll, I'll admit it. it wasn't a smart play, but the whole team played bad in the third and including Jake and the, 
Jake is done here. Like, it's obvious. They're already talking about him Hockey Night in Canada, Saturday nights. He is done here, and that game was specifically for a showcase. And he didn't play well in the third, but I thought he was pretty good in the first two periods. He hasn't worked out here, and it's sad because everybody wanted to see him succeed here as a hometown kid. It didn't work out. He's a sixth overall pick. We could have had other players that, you know, that that probably could have helped us. But, you know, a lot of things could be different if we had those players instead of Jake. So what I'm trying to say is, yes, I am wrong on Jake succeeding in Vancouver. Wow. But I do feel that the kid, the, the market's too toxic for the kid. And that, and there's proof right there when someone's saying that he has an IQ of an almond. The kid's playing in the NHL. You cannot have an IQ, hockey IQ of an almond to play in the NHL. I don't care how much skill you have, how much speed you have, how big you are. You cannot have an IQ of an almond. That was specifically a play that the puck came right in front of the net. And Jake probably shouldn't have even been there because he's a winger. And he gave the puck right back to John Tavares. And you can make an argument that he got knee on knee knee in front of the net, but we'll ignore that. And I'll go and say that he hasn't been great this season. And that's part of the reason why the Canucks are looking to move him and giving him a fresh start. And, you know, it sucks because I want to see him succeed here. And, you know, how much I want. And it somewhat, it did work out a little bit last year, but it hasn't worked out. It's time to move on. And I hope the kid does well somewhere else. Hopefully Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get your thoughts, Gurbinder. What are you thinking about Jake Vertanen? And, and just, you know, we can pivot to the general Canucks talk as well. <clears throat> yeah, I think um, it's unfortunate that people would comment on how they comment. I understand everyone's frustrated with himself, with the team, and everything, the way it's gone. I don't think anyone imagined that the 16 game could be in the hole as far as we are. Um, I will, will say it was good that Jake Pertanen was in front of the net there because he's playing well defensively, but then you can't stick Candle out of a phone booth with Tavares and Marner on the ice, and then Roussel takes the penalty. You know, mm-hmm. he's not... I don't want to see... I don't want to see Pertanen move. We, you cannot put Pertanen... Okay, so the third and fourth line of the Canucks were plays go to die. Honestly, I know they're scoring mm. here and there. You can't have Brandon. Brandon Sutter doesn't, doesn't even have an assist. Yeah. He's a center. Yeah. you got to put him up there. Got to put him at least with a quarterback. Um, I don't know what's written for the kid. I like him. I don't look at him like a Neely or Bertuzzi. But if you're not going to pay to Foley $4.5 million and to – and have faith in Bertanen. There's a reason why they did that. One, probably it's cheaper. Two, he scored 18 goals. So if you rack it up to just, it is that year the way it turned out. There's so much upheaval right now, it seems like, in the locker room, looking upward towards ownership or management. And I don't even want to call for Jim Henning's head today because of what happened with 1040. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if you look at it, just put Bertanen and Gaudet for Bennett straight up. I mean, if when you look no, at, no. I thought Benning, well, I thought Benning was a great drafter. He drafted Besser. Anyone can draft in the top in the bottom uh, thirty. Pedersen, uh, Pedersen was the only one that he unlocked. I don't see Cole Lind in the lineup. I don't see Levy making a difference. I see Bertanen on the block. I see Goddard falling out. I see Lockwood 
nowhere. Gadjevich made the World Junior team, can't make our team. Fine, Demko. I get it. So two players out of seven years. And Besser. A lot. Hughes. Yeah, no, yeah. Besser and Petr- uh, Quinn Hughes fell in their lap. I, Detroit took Phil Medina, and you're like, okay, we're going to take the Hughes now. Because mm-hmm. it, it's like that's true. fantasy draft at that point, right? Um, I feel bad for the kid. I don't know. I don't know. I'm The market's too toxic, man. It's way well, too toxic for the kid. You know what it is? When I was growing up, we didn't have the ability to express ourselves the way people express themselves now. Twitter. Yeah. We would, I couldn't even text anybody. Joe's yeah. favorite. You know, it, it, yeah, so it, it took so long to text on your phone because yeah. it was like A, B, or C is the one. And yeah. you know, D is two. You, you would yeah. just call your cousin or your friends or the next time you saw them at school. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure there's a lot of toxicity then. You were calling it Dan Russell or whatever. <laughs> But yeah. nothing like yeah, I, I I get it. I cure an almond, right? That's not yeah. cool. I would. That's not cool I mean, at all, man. The market is a, the market's very unprofessional that way. Yeah. Whoever is running their social media accounts, I don't know. I don't know. I think you just have to keep. You just got to keep playing for Tannen, and you got to tell him one, two things. One, when you got that puck down the down the wing, go straight to the net. Two, don't move away from the front of the net. Put him on PP2. Just stand there. Just stand there. Right? Uh, whack, 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 goal. And Germinder, I love that you want to keep Jake because, you know, I'm one of the few as well. But I don't – it just is not going to work out here. I'm, I'm actually at that point where, like, I can't – I don't want to see anymore. Like, I don't want – like, I, I, like, I was surprised he was in the lineup last night. But yeah, I really – it's it's time, man. Like, this – He's done. He has no confidence. Like he's got know. zero the way, confidence. The way I look at it is, for you know, for all the companies in my career I worked for, how I'd feel if someone gave up on me, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's yeah, got a tough sure. year. Everyone's got tough starts, and I can only do as well as the tools I'm given. Besides the tools I already have, yeah. I mean, the only the only option they have right now is a trade with the Canadian division because you need the help ASAP. And what if no one? Huh? What if a trade like, you know, you? I think did you say did you say Goddard and Vertanen for Sam Bennett? Yeah. What if what if a trade like Vertanen and Goddard for like a guy like Jake DeBrusque? His cap yeah. hit is quite a bit, man. Like three point six. Yeah, no, but that's, I, think. I think you're taking on you're giving Goddard and Vertanen. I think that would equal to pretty close to what DeBrusque is making, and DeBrusque is also. A left-hand shot who could play with Bo Horvat and Holglander, and he's similar to Jake, but he apparently works harder. But I don't know about his defensive game. I like there's rumors out of Boston that actually is there's actually rumors out of Boston for that. Um, I also heard uh, on TSN ten forty before they got cut off today that. Uh, that Neely, when he was in Vancouver, and the reason the Canucks gave up on him was because his defensive game was uh, iffy, and they thought he was just a brawler, like he was a fighter, and he wasn't any good. And I look at Jake, and I think, and almost the same questions: his defensive game sucks, and the coach can't trust him. And I don't know if he's a brawler, but yeah, like I'm not saying he's Neely, but. 
like I think him going to Boston or like a team that actually like believes in him can or a coach a different coach you know like Green has been his coach his whole career like it's time that maybe he needs a new coach you know I, I know Joe has thoughts on let's this let's get Joe's wanna, thoughts on yeah, this yeah let's right. get Joe's thoughts on this because I know no. he's gonna rip me for my Vertanen love no no I, I like what you said there like the thing is okay if you trade Godet and Vertanen and you get DeBrus back you lost the trade like we're right. like DeBrusque is who he is. Like, you're not changed. He's not going to all of a sudden get a lot better. He might do a little bit better. But well, he's pretty him, good. He's a good player. Like, he's solid. I, um, It's just, Godet, too, you still don't, you're not sure. Like, Godet was bad in the playoffs. No doubt about it. He drove me nuts in the playoffs. But I, I think that's a loss. If you trade two guys for DeBrusque, that would be a big L. Really? You're still not, you're still not even addressing your biggest need, which is defense. That's right. Right? Well, like, I mean, you're trading away a center and a winger for another winger when, quite frankly, your two best prospects, including Hoglander, are wingers. Okay, let's talk about the bigger problem here, guys. Because I was actually talking about this earlier, and I want to get to JT Miller later because JT Miller yeah. is part of the problem. But, like, what's going on with this team? Because 6 and 10 is not acceptable for a team that accomplished what they did, and it feels like. They're like I heard Kessler today on six fifty. He's saying that the culture could get could get ruined when you have uh, players in your organization that aren't happy with what transpired in the off season because the new players coming in may feel like they're not wanted, and it almost feels like Quinn Hughes and Pedersen. I'm not saying those guys are the problem. But it almost feels like they're upset with what happened with what Jim Benning did in the offseason. And it's almost trickling down to Braden Holpe and Nate Schmidt. And, it, and it's showing on the ice because it almost feels like this team doesn't have that same kind of chemistry it did last year. But you know what, though, Tampere? Honestly, look at the defense, man. We like, I, Look, I, I have... I wish all the best for Chatfield, honestly. I hope the guy can, you know, legitimately become an NHL player for us. But as of right now, like, we're we're weaker on defense, unfortunately. And, you know, Quinn might be having a little bit of a sophomore type of, you Man. know, season, right? For like, sure. yeah, offensively, yeah. right? Like, I mean, like... I think at some point, you know, we got to stop trying to look for problems and just also kind of realize that they're weaker in defense. And, and guess what, man? Markey was truly that good last year, right? We all heard about a lot of these, you know, advanced, you know, goalie analytics that said how strong Markey was last year. And, uh, you know, it's sort of one thing to kind of sit there and, and, and hear it. Now we're also kind of seeing it. And quite frankly, maybe there were a lot of goals that Marky just saved. And certain times, you know, you get a couple of these saves in the first period. It gives you that little bit of mojo and you end up winning the game by a goal, you know, and, and that's the difference. Um, so, you know, to some extent, I, I, I don't know about, I think it's harder to sit there and think that these guys are crying because uh, Uncle Tanev isn't here anymore. And, you know, uh, Marky's not here anymore. Like, I mean, these are professionals, man. Like, you know, I'm sure Petey and, and Hughes have seen, you know, teammates go in and out. And, and, and that's happens, man. That's professional hockey. 
But I feel like that's a real that's a real issue though. That's a real <sighs> issue now. Like I've, no, like, but time to think. Like okay, if we're playing on a team, and and if we're a little bit annoyed that our general manager didn't bring back our homies, are we also going to sit there? Like I mean, the first thing you know, the first thing I'd say to you is stop being a bitch. That just means there's more cap space yeah. for you. You fucked hard. Right? Yeah, no, 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 no. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But. I feel, but that's actually an issue. Like, that's actually, Elliot Freeman talked about it today. You know, like, Sat Shaw's been talking about it. The the players in the organization don't believe in the plan anymore. And, they, I mean, but they're like, these that, players are like second. Braden Hopi's going at JT Miller during the game. Like, that's yeah, an issue. I mean, I mean I, yeah, there's, I mean, maybe there's certain locker room dynamics going on right maybe but I, I find it hard to sit there and think that these guys are not trying no i know that they, they are trying they right? are trying i'm not saying they're not trying it just yeah. feels like there's something going on in the dressing room it almost feels like remember i, I wasn't around back then I, I didn't watch like i was pretty young i probably wasn't even born but there was a time where Messier and Linden had their own crews in the locker room. Wasn't that like a, a thing, uh, Gurman? I don't know if you if you uh, remember this, but yeah, but those are during the Keenan era, era. Those are veteran you're guys. On, you're, picking on, you're picking on the veteran here. Yeah, I <laughs> do remember that. I do remember that. Bure had his crew McGill, with McGillian and then Messier and Linden, and then that yeah. split it, right? I do yeah. agree. It's like a mini rebellion. Patterson even said it. Oh, yeah, Toffoli's playing really well. I think I wish he was still here. And then what Quinn Hughes said, you know, we got a lot of new guys. We lost a lot of good players last year. Yeah, he's like, that quote. That quote uh, Elliot Freeman said today, that quote by Quinn Hughes last night was getting attention around the league. Yeah, well, the, the team has to pay. Um, that's why I was saying in our track, remember, don't be surprised if Pedersen Hughes, best of word, had asked for out of here. Look no, at no, no, no. It's not today, happening. Look at uh, today, no. Russell Wilson. I've been hit exactly <laughs> 200 times in my life. I want out. He never yeah, said he wanted out. This is this is a come on, 49ers fan, 49ers fan, guys. Hold on, Quinn Hughes, year number two, and he's calling the shots. Come on, Line eight wants out. Um, Rostovich didn't even want to play for his. This is a new age, though. Yeah, guys, low key, low key. Quinn Hughes is just tanking because he wants Luke on the team. All right, that's all that's going on. Maybe y'all, y'all don't understand what's happening, but no, I mean, come on, you guys. I mean, are they upset with the direction? Perhaps. I honestly think. Look at the freaking personnel, though, man. I mean, look at this defense. We thought it was better. People thought it was better this year going into you know, the season. You know, you know what? You know what? The time we also thought that Yulevi would be ready, and and he's been meh. And and uh, we thought we, we we thought you know. Maybe, I honestly don't think those guys are the problem. Like I thought, Chatfield. Yeah, he was a minus four that night. A lot of it had to do with Edler, and Edler. You know the games, the amount of games oh, they're playing. I mean, what do you what do you expect? The guys like freaking exactly no exactly no. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is. Edler's good, but he can't be playing in your top four. No, he needs not to be playing. More. He needs to be playing under twenty minutes a game. He needs to be playing in yeah. the in the sixteen to eighteen minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Playing with a guy he should be on like the a third five, pair. He should be like a five. Yeah. Six guy, right? and yeah. I thought Chatfield actually looked pretty good in his time uh, playing that one game against the Leafs, where he's on for four goals. A lot of it had to do with Edler, and Edler because Edler's been playing game every other day, like the whole team has. 
And I think a lot of that has to do with the way the team is playing because we have played a lot of fucking games. I don't. I, I know it's it's not an excuse. The schedule is what the schedule is. But man, these guys haven't had any practice time, and it's noticeable when they practice how much better they play the day, the night after. I know Joe's itching to get in. He... Yeah. Okay. So the defense really isn't any different than last year, in my opinion. Um, the, you know, the thing remains with Travis Green. What's the structure? What are we doing on defense? Do they practice defense? Like, what are they doing? There's, there's no structure in place for the defense. But the defense is basically a wash over here. Nam's right. Yeah, we're missing Markstrom a little bit for sure. Um, hey, hey, like, clip that, Ryan. Yeah. Clip that. Nam's right. <laughs> <laughs> again, but again, you're not going to sign Markstrom to the deal he no, was signed no, to. No. It would have been an albatross. And furthermore, yeah. Demko should have been trusted last year. I said this last episode too. Mm-hmm. The, the plan, there was no plan in place to groom Demko to get him ready. Everything fell apart. Now they fell on their face again. So Joe, shows that's because last no year, point. last year it was all about making the playoffs, baby. Right? Like they well, were right. pretty much but then, all in. But then Travis season. Green overplayed Markstrom, got Markstrom hurt down the stretch. And then Demko didn't play that great down the stretch. So we almost missed the playoffs because he had such a shitty plan. So again, like I don't want to harp on Travis Green. He's a great guy. Um, but there's not a plan there for him. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like he's very tactical in his approach. All this stuff. Oh, he's, you know, during the, uh, during the break, he was getting ready for the bubble. He's practicing for a new year. Okay. But you still don't have a team structure that allows these players to have success. I will not hear otherwise on that. You need to look and be like, it's like when Tortorello was here, he didn't have the players for his system. He didn't change his system. He was gone. You have to have the right system for the players. I don't think we have that right now. It is depressing. Uh, like another another thing that pisses me off about Green is he plays these veterans way too much. Like, like come on, man. Like the other, the last night, right? So we make it. Was it one one game? We're in the game. We're all playing the Leafs. We sort of need this win. Let's be honest. We needed that win last night, and. Guess what? Jay Beagle's taking a defensive zone draw draw against Austin Matthews. It's a one-one game. We paid Jay Beagle three point whatever million dollars three. to win faceoffs. To win fucking faceoffs, and you lost the fucking faceoff to Austin Matthews. And guess what? They don't need that much time to capitalize. They 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 strike fucking quick. Those guys, and they scored right off the draw. Pretty much. It was it was like. You see the guy that t- that you want taking the face off because that's why Green has him on first off, right? He's a guy that takes face offs for you. He doesn't win the fucking face off. He doesn't do his job, and that's what cost you last night. Um, a, 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 a certain okay, signing Jay Beagle, terrible signing. That's on Jim Benning. But the fact that you're playing him that much and you're playing Edler that much every other day and not even thinking about load managing him. And I, honestly, I thought Yulevi looked really good last night. He had that one mistake that Mikhaev sort of yep. blew, out, blew, blew by him. But I thought Yulevi was pretty good last night. He even drew a penalty against Austin Matthews last night. So it's just frustrating that Green doesn't have the trust in his younger players. And he trusts his vets way too much. He rides his vets way too much. And those are the guys that are costing players. him. Like. If Jay Beagle didn't have the contract that he has right now, like you'd have to really wonder would he be in the NHL right now, right? Like guys well, like Nick him, Ballard is perfect, right? right? Like he would have been perfect for us. Guys like this, 
like there's guys like this that you know when they get to this point in their career like they just they get like a professional tryout type of thing yeah. so i mean to, to some extent like again when you look at this roster and i kind of felt like i don't know if you guys read harman's article the other day where he's basically said like guys this isn't just like an off season worth of mistakes this is seven years oh, yeah. of mistakes that have come together and yes. guess what like you know, it is what it is, right? This is this did not happen overnight. And to me, like, this is kind of one of the funniest things. Like, Joe and I, we always go at this. And I always say to Joe, I'm like, this is death by a thousand cuts, right? Like, it's not just this one big fuck up, right? It's this constant little fuck ups here, 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 here. And, and quite frankly, you know, it it's played a major role. Like, again, I... I Wish Chatfield, you know, would be um, able to be a difference maker for us. He's going to be uh, a bottom pair defenseman. Chatfield is going to, I think he could be a good solid depth defenseman or even a bottom pair guy. But that's not what like, we need, though, Tamir. We That's not what we need. Right? But, that's an unfortunate but thing. But let's what not expect need. him to be, he's an undrafted no, player, right? He's an undrafted player, but that's the unfortunate thing is, unfortunately, we need a freaking superhero here. And, right? and, and, and that's, honestly, that's not fair. That's not fair, and I was actually talk, DMing a certain public figure on Twitter, pretty popular. Jake I don't want to see his name. I don't want to say his name, but I was talking about how about maybe moving a guy like JT Miller. I know we just got him, but he's got two years left on his contract. Right now he's not playing well, but wait till he starts playing well. He will eventually find his game here. No, but okay, it- hold on here. Hold on, hold on. If you move JT Miller... Then imagine what's going to happen in the locker room. It's going to be, fuck. oh my God. Maybe no. if a new GM did it, but if Benning no. was to move no, but Miller, if it, But if it starts God. trending, no, if it's trending the way it is, if people are getting fired and the way the team is playing and nothing is going well, nobody could complain about a guy getting moves. Or maybe signals, a defenseman. That kind of signals rebuild, rebound 2.0 almost. No, no, it? no. For a defenseman. Rebuild. For defense, yeah, but oh. nobody nobody gives yeah. good defense. You never get a you good defenseman in a trade. Like, yeah. when but was no, the last JT one? JT the like, center. And JT could play center. What are your sure. thoughts, Grimminder? Uh, I don't think we should move Miller. He's had not right now. He's but he's got two years left on his contract. Yeah, maybe there's something. I uh, yeah, that's and they're good years. Um, that was mm-hmm. actually one of Jim Benning's few wins. Yeah. Yeah, he's over a point a game. He's over a point a game, and mm-hmm. I really think there's something to this COVID stuff. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> he is. Was with, he was he was up with COVID, right? So imagine getting dropped right back to professional sports lineup. I don't think he actually got COVID. He never yeah, got no, it. Yeah. He never. He was, no, he never had COVID. COVID. No, he had a and false so, positive. But yeah. I, think, I think that he's just as frustrated as any veteran would be because he missed out in the cup in Tampa. Yeah. And oh then man, we we let Markstrom. The worst possible thing was that Toffoli just went off. If that never happened, hey, d- doesn't like, that just yeah. like doesn't but that just emotionally cannot. destroy you? Yeah, you can't you can't trade your best player when the best. I, I don't know. Is it Joe that said that? You you can't. He's your best player. You're gonna lose that trade. That was the Nebraska Tannen one, right? right? We're not gonna. If, our top six is already so thin. Um, we can't trade JT Miller. He's too good. He just he's having a hard time. People have, I mean, all walks. Hey, he's he's over a point a game though. The thing is, yeah. JT Miller, he's over a point a game. He also plays hard every night. 
I think kind of actually people are focusing in on him as misguided because he's actually been playing pretty hard. There's been a few back checks, a few slow like body language, man. Yeah, he's he's, he's definitely not the guy he was last year. Like last year, he was just a stone cold, stone cold sniper, but he's still been really good this year. Like I've actually been kind of on the other side of it, Guys, going like man. I'm not saying I'm not advocating to trade JT Miller. I'm thinking of an idea to bring in because his defense. Defenseman. We're talking about it. The defense is terrible, man. You want, you want to bring a defenseman, right? Uh, Let's I'm going to bring up a name. I'm going to bring up a name, and you know, I, I know I mentioned this. Before Seth Jones, no, Seth it's not Jones. happening. I'm talking about hey, how about a guy like Aaron, Aaron Eckblad? <laughs> no, 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 no. Why not? Why not? You, we laugh at this. You know, Seth Jones is an unrestricted free agent next summer. Summer 22. It's freaking Columbus. That's that's it's big. Columbus. You think Dude, Seth Jones is going to re-sign in Columbus? Do you think Seth Jones is going to come to Vancouver? <laughs> hey, he's got Maybe. a Western Hockey League tie. That's he played true. in Portland. Let's Ooh. not laugh at this, man. We got Petey, we got Hughes. He's more likely to sign in Seattle. Hey, we got Petey, we got Hughes. This is where you bring in a guy like Gillis, and, and Gilly comes in, and he, he lands his guy. And then Gillis isn't be, coming in, man. And, and, and then Joe could go out there and be like, Seth Jones was going to sign here anyway. Yeah. No, no. This is not a Ham Hughes thing. Hey, was Popeye Jones a Grizzly or a Raptor? I remember him as one. What was you know what? I, he, he, was a, he was a... Was he, no, a, Raptor, he was a Raptor, maybe? He played okay. in Colorado, that's for sure. Yeah, I know he played there. I just thought he might have been a Grizzly maybe too. But Seth Jones has been Nam's dream for about Ooh, five seasons dream. now. You know, only, only, only because he's in Columbus, of all places, and I don't see any other top-tier defenseman available. Like, I, like who else, right? Like, right. What so the situation calls it? When's he a free agent? Next summer year this year? Next summer. Next summer. Traded, Isn't the same year? They should have traded or picked up Keith Yandel when he was on waivers. But they didn't uh, have any money. We don't need an offensive defenseman, though. We need guys More that could... We hey guys, guys that could play D. You guys saw Seth we Jones. Can't complain though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we can't. I mean, it would be a huge upgrade. Yeah, huge. our D is yeah. pretty bad. Hey, you guys, you guys saw Seth Jones against Toronto uh, in the playoffs, man. And I mean, he monster. was dominant. He was a monster. He shut down Matthews on his own, right? So, I mean, this is the thing, right? Columbus is going to be in a really tough spot this off season. I think you got to target Seth Jones. I think there's going to be pressure for either Jones to sign or peace out. And from what we've seen with Columbus is losing their guys, man, left, right, and center. I wouldn't be surprised he's in the market. Now, unfortunately, there's going to be teams like LA and there's going to be teams like New York that are oh, yeah. stacked with prospects that will go hard after a Seth Jones. And a, and a deal for Seth Jones you, you, this is where you know it might cost you a Besser, it might cost you a Miller. Um, you know, maybe it's like a, a first and a Pod Colson or something along the lines of that. And isn't JT from is Columbus in Ohio? Uh, Columbus is in Ohio, yes, yes. So yeah. isn't JT from Ohio? Is he from Ohio? I have no idea. I don't maybe. know. I know. I thought he was Detroit, but he's American for sure. Right. That's the kind of deal I'm looking at, boys. JT Miller for Seth Jones, if that could... Thing is, the Seth Jones stuff, man, like, is he going to sign here long-term? That's a question. Do we have the cap space to sign him long-term? That's another question. And well, keep in mind, right? Like, if you're trading out a JT Miller, for example, then, you know, you're essentially swapping that cap space out as well, right? Well, that's and five mil. I, uh, five, 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 five something. And But then keep, in, you know, keep this in mind as well. Defensemen generally... 
don't get much more than like eight or nine mil anyways, right? But so we got to sign Pedersen and Hughes. Yeah, and Horvat's contract. Not saying it won't be and easy. And Besser's contract. Not saying it won't be easy. Uh, and, 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 you know, not saying it won't require some gymnastics. But, hey, by the way, that's exactly why you need a, a, a smart cap GM coming yes. up here. Exactly. Uh, that's, like, that's, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest thing. If they could hire someone that knows what the hell they're doing. And I'm not saying Jimbo doesn't know what he was doing. He, he he got us he got, he got us he got us some good talent. Let's be honest. Like we could you know we could all talk about Jed all we want, but Jimbo is responsible for Hoaglander, uh, Pedersen, Demko. Ryan, you want to say something? He drafted good talent. Yes, he drafted. There's good a talent. difference between yeah, drafting and. You, you want to hear a crazy stat, by the way? Yeah, Jim Bennings. Uh, who's Jim Bennings? Take a guess. Let's see if you let's see if you guys can guess it because I heard this on the radio earlier today and I was floored. Who is Jim Bennings' highest scoring signing? Free agent signing. Who scored the most goals for Jim Bennings? Be Louis Erickson. Is it Verdim Verbata? Oh yeah, Verbata. You're right. <laughs> there we go. Verdim Verbata. Only played a year and a half here, I think, or it was like two years or whatever. Yeah. And he still had a six goal lead over Louis Erickson as Jim Benning's signings. That was actually a really good signing. It was a two year deal. He, and he even pissed off Verbata, too. He yeah. did. He, he pissed off Verbata. That was more really, really, no? He left yeah. town going yeah. off. Well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, just, that's, that's a stat that really floored me. I'm like, wow. Like, Redeem Verbata hasn't been here since 2015 or, or something like that. So, that's embarrassing. That's but you, just, that show tells it all. But you guys know what Jim's, you know, really true biggest mistake is going to go down? He just couldn't find enough good defensemen. Yeah. Honestly, like, I mean, he's basically found one top four guy in Hughes. And I know we talk about Myers and whatnot, but, I mean, if we're talking about, like, impactful defensemen, you know, maybe a Schmidt is, is someone who can become impactful. Unfortunately, it's been a tire fire of a season. Like, it's just, he hasn't been able to build that defense where the way I think he would have wanted to. And, and I think that's going to probably be one of his biggest faults that comes down, right? Along with, you know, the, just the horrendous, horrendous free agent signings. Man, these free agent signings really did... Like he pretty much admitted to, <laughs> he, did, he he pretty yeah. much admitted to the past mistakes that he made are coming back to bite him now because he can't bring back the guys that he should have brought back and he didn't plan, he didn't plan for the future. He didn't plan that oh Chris Tanev and Troy Stetcher's deals are gonna end at this moment. Maybe I shouldn't go out and sign Antoine Roussel or Tyler Myers or and we could talk about Tyler Myers. Let's talk about Tyler Myers by the way. I'm so wrong about Tyler Myers. Like, man, has he been bad this season. And I actually thought he played pretty well last game. But there hasn't been many positives with Myers. Like, zero. For a guy that's making $6 million, that could, like, Nam, full credit, by the way. A lot of, Nam Sugu, by the way, Sugu left the group. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, like, we need to bring him back, man. He hears this. Come on. I know, but seriously, like, like Myers for $6 million, 
technically cost you and Atanov, who had been here since 2011, yeah. wanted yeah. to be here, and you probably could have signed Stetcher too. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Probably like, cost you a ton of in a Stetcher. That's probably true. And that's yeah. just and and what Myers is bringing right now is terrible. He couldn't even get JV in shape. <laughs> uh, that wasn't a shot at you, JV. By the way, that was just that was a joke. But seriously, like, what's going on here? Like, Tyler Myers has been like he has not helped at all, guys, and it's bo- not good. The bottom line is this, man. This group, and it's been the writing's always been on the wrong wall. This group has always been short-sighted, right? The moves they've made have always been about treading water, right? Never, never tanking, never being, you know, doing a full rebuild. Always about just sort of staying alive, staying alive, staying alive. And even last year, they were desperate to bring in a defenseman. And mm-hmm. Tyler Myers was seemingly the only one that kind of fit into the price range that they were willing to to go into. And you know he was you know a fit that they were like, okay, well, even if he's not that good, we're just so desperate that we just need to push for this playoff spot because if we don't, yeah. we're gone, right? The bar is so low for Myers that I'm saying to myself, at least he's not good, Branson. Oh you know, like God. that's not that's not <laughs> something you want to say. For a guy that's making six million dollars, and he's taking yeah. a lot of fucking penalties, and he's only thirty years old. Yeah. He's only thirty years old. Joe, what are your thoughts? I know you're a big Myers defender. Well, here's and I the tried thing. To defend Myers, here's the thing. Myers is just an easy target. Okay, so like, is it because he's tall? Myers for everything. When <laughs> when ten forty got released today, I'm surprised Myers didn't get blamed for it. That's what this city does. <laughs> everything that happens is Tyler Myers' fault. It's like, give me a break. So you want to talk about being overplayed? Every single penalty kill, it's Edler and Myers to start the penalty kill. Those two guys are way overworked right now. Like, I get they make you know, $12 million. They make $12 million together, so they should be out there killing the penalty. But at some point, you really got to think, like, this is what you're expecting out of the guy. Like, he's not a top-pairing guy, okay? Mm-hmm. But he's just, he's just an easy target. Like, it drives me nuts when I watch a game. Guys make mistakes all over the ice, all games. Tyler Myers makes a mistake, and he erupts all over Twitter. Like, do you people? I can't even go on Twitter after a loss because of the way people's attitude is ridiculous. The guy gets blamed for everything. It's but you know what the you know ridiculous. what the difference is though, Joe. Like, a Quinn Hughes has made a lot of mistakes, but that's nobody said anything. But no, but the time period, that son of a bitch is also going to go and like do this crazy backhand pass that's going to end up in a goal. Right? Yeah, like he, he he makes it up on the other he's side. He's like a point right? of game right now. He's a point <laughs> of game guy. Like like it's, but, it's like okay, even if he, even if he messes up defensively, which please Quinn, you got to figure that out, right? Yeah, like but even when he figure even when he messes it up, he does something else to make up for it. Myers unfortunately does very little else to make does. up for it. The the Quinn Hughes right? thing though, it is an issue because it is an issue, and I love that he's a point of game. I love that he's got a lot of points, but he's been on for like. 25 goals again. Oh, his his defensive game. This like, uh, like it doesn't make any sense. Like, like I didn't. He wasn't like this last year. I don't think Chris Tana being not being here is the reason his defensive game is bad right now. His skating isn't the same right now. He's not skating the way he was skating last year. And like, like Tamir, this might just be a sophomore slump, man. Honestly, yeah, that's what I think. I think so. But I want Quinn Hughes has to be better than he has been. Like this is crucial. This is big. Um, 
if he if this is who he's going to be defensively, that's not good. Not good for the team long term. There's a Keith Yandel. Germinder, there's your Keith Yandel right there. If that's what he's going to be yeah. defensively. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's going to be fine. Trust me. No, Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Yeah, <laughs> Quinn Hughes is a second year player. It's not yeah. easy to play defense in the NHL. Guys have kind of figured out how to play against them a bit. But that's the part of the thing. Everyone's willing to jump off of the bandwagon with this team. You could argue our best player has not even played 100 games in the NHL. He's in his second year. This team is not dead. This It's not over. Like People are all, oh, it's over. It's going to be Bo and, and Miller's prime is going to be over soon. No, it's not. Quinn Hughes and Petey are the two golden children that will take mm-hmm. us to the promised land. They're in year three and year two. Let's relax a little bit here. Yeah, we could have done better with their entry-level um, situations. We haven't done that. We're in a big world of trouble with the cap. And even if Benning leaves, you think the next guy is going to come in and be able to fix this in no, one year? No, Not no, a yeah. freaking chance. This yes. is a big thing to fix. <laughs> but my thinking behind it is if you bring in a guy now, if you know who you're going to get after Benning, then go ahead and make the move. Let the guy come in. Let him get the lay of the land. Let him understand the team. Let him plan his next season. Instead of bringing a guy in last minute and having him try to fix everything in a few short months in the offseason, that's kind of where I stand on it. I will say that, in, in, in my honest opinion, uh, we need a top-tier defenseman. If a oh, Seth yeah. Jones is available, you you sell the farm, you go get him, you know, like and, and you build that defense around Schmidt, Rathbone, Jones, and Hughes, and that's a top we four. We haven't even seen Rathbone play yet. Yeah, like that's another is, frustrating part with is he on a milk carton at least yet, Tanbeer? Like, I mean honestly, maybe that's what we need to do instead of these SCT hoodies. We need to put out milk cartons for, for Rathbone at this point. <laughs> no, honestly, man, like this like I'm a big fan of Green as well, and I agree with Joe. Like, he does overplay some of these guys. Like, I don't know if it's Nolan Bumgarner over there on the bench, you know, making these calls on D. And, like, I'll say this again because I I feel like I haven't said it enough, but, man, does this team miss Troy Stetcher. I don't care what people say. Troy Stetcher was a heart and soul guy for this organization, Richmond-born, uh, I know he was undersized, but if you look at his plus-minus, and I know people don't care about plus-minus for some reason, for a defenseman, plus-minus matters. Even strength, he was one of the best defensemen, not just for the Canucks, but around the league on -on five-on-five goals against. And he could kill penalties. He was very cheap. You could have got him for cheap. He's a hometown kid. Did I already mention that? I don't know if I did. But he would block a shot with his face. Because this kid wanted to be here. He wanted to be a fucking Canuck. And you spit in his face, like I said. You spit in his face like Carlito from WWE. And I cannot believe that he's not here. I, I really can't believe it. And I think I feel like the team, the players on the team are upset about that as well. Because we could talk about Toffoli. We could talk about Tanev. But Troy Stetcher was Brock Besser's best friend when they played uh, for uh, North Dakota in college. Him and Petey were golfing. Almost every day, it felt like uh, during the pandemic in Vancouver. Um, they, uh, he uh, he was a he got he was a guy that came in around the same time Bo Horvat did. He was a leader. He may not have an A on his chest, but he was a leader, and he showed it on the ice. He showed it uh, in the locker room and stuff. 
I don't know why this team never brought him back, but that might be one of the reasons why the chemistry in the room is a little is not is not all there. Everybody loved Tony. Everybody loved Tony Stecker. One point eight million dollars on a two year deal. Very very underrated. He's actually mm-hmm. had some pretty good numbers in, in Detroit of all places too. Mm-hmm. I mean, arguably speaking, probably one of the best like number five defensemen out there. You look at his uh, career going back to Penticton. This kid has won everywhere. He won in Penticton in the BCHL. He won the RBC Cup. He went to North Dakota, won the national championship there. Yeah, he might not. He's not the best defenseman you've ever seen, but he plays his fucking role. And he knows what his job is. And he does his job. It's the Patriot way. The, the New England Patriots. Do your fucking job. And that's how you win. And Troy Stetcher did his bias, job. Right? What are your thoughts on... Yeah, size bias for size sure. What are your bias, thoughts right? on yeah. Troy Stetcher? I don't, I don't know if you talked about Troy Stetcher on the show yet. But I think this kid should have been a Canuck uh, for the long term. I think that we have a bit of a hometown bias towards Trey Stetcher. If we were to insert Trey Stetcher in the lineup right now, not one of those results in the last 16 games would have changed. I'm sorry. I agree. <laughs> I, I, yeah, one point, I think 1.8 is a lot for Trey Stetcher. Here's the thing. Someone wow. just said the size. Someone just said the size bias, right? I just remembered today that Travis Hamannick was a Vancouver Canuck. <laughs> yes, I would rather I'd rather take <laughs> over him and get it. I got it right, yeah. um, but I think we this one will disagree on. I think that of the four free agents that left, he was the most overrated and most not overrated. Sorry, I'll take the back. Most expendable. Um, obviously, what he brings to the team. But what, what have we talked about today? We've talked about we need a top tier D man. We have one number one Norris Trophy future candidate, and five bottom third defensemen. Um, yeah. And Troy Stetcher fits there, right? He's not a diff- We need difference makers. And they ran out of time to sign everybody, including Troy Stetcher. And I'm sure he's choked too, right? Tanev's mm-hmm. choked. Markstrom's choked. Um, Rick Doyle said it himself, Tanev has not forgotten. And that's why, the younger, that's why the younger players are choked, because they thought we had a good thing going in the bubble. Maybe they were reading their own articles too much. They played really well, caught lightning in a bottle. I don't know. It's hard to say because the same team hasn't come back. Mm. And yeah, yeah Troy Stetcher. Troy Stetcher. We'd still be six and ten. He might have let in probably five or six best goals, but we'd still be six and ten. Yeah, I'll um, say. I'll, I, yeah, go ahead. No, no. But and I mean, if you if we weren't going to pay him that too, then I mean, if if it's that bad. <laughs> I mean, we just uh, we just let a top five GM candidate, Ron Hextall, go to Pittsburgh today. Pittsburgh didn't wait; they mm-hmm. jumped on it. They jumped on it. True. They even grabbed Berkey for some reason, right? And I know I have a little bit of personal relative information that Green got his extension, but ownership didn't sign it. And um, they're just—I don't know—I don't know what it is. Like these other teams are not waiting. Wait, 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 wait! You wait. You said you said Green got his extension, and Francesco didn't sign it off. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a bomb. That is a bomb. Apparently, apparently I'm like, what? This had... really quickly just added it in. His... Very, <laughs> very <laughs> subtle. Like we just going, dropped it we're, in there, we're, eh? We're, we're oh, going yeah, by the way, one hour strong. Like, hey guys, yeah. by the way, 
<laughs> just a little bit of no, breakfast I, news here. Remember, I really think on that that green thing that you just uh, reported. I think that green isn't going to get his extension until the new GM or president are hired, and then they would make the decision on green. I don't even think green's going to get the chance. Unfortunately, he deserves way better. And I mean, mm-hmm. if you're swapping out Vertanen and Godet, I didn't say to throw Godet in a trade, but I mean, that's what it's going to take, right? But if you're putting Erickson in and Bailey in and taking this person out and this person out, I mean, what, what cards does he have left to play? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I said before in the podcast, I can, I can Holpe and Markstrom slight decrease with respect to performance. Uh, the Toffoli one is absolutely inexcusable. Yeah, uh, not calling Chris Tanner was un- inexcusable. And wait, the, what happened last week? Everybody was talking about Oliver Ekman Larson for some reason because mm-hmm. that held everything up. And uh, uh, like um, uh, I ran out of time. <laughs> that's a, that's a really good jimbo. <laughs> really you, 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 you just forgot to add, but throw in a stuff there. Um, you know, uh, and you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. we're gonna go after yeah. Steven Stamkos, and no, we're gonna take a yeah. run at PK Subban, and then get fined twenty five thousand dollars. Like, you that's can't amazing, amazing, amazing. Rules, man. Yeah, sorry, amazing. but yeah, I love Troy Stetcher too. I mean, his yeah. goal in the playoffs. We got to remember. I mean, Troy Stetcher and Mark Sherman had some personal tragedies last year, and that kind of brought the yeah. team together. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, the lack of communication is something we keep hearing. How come nobody can send an email? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah, why can't you send an email to an agent to tell your player, "I'll be right back to you." Yeah, I'm working on this deal. I don't know. Right? Oh, great question. I'll yeah. I'll I'll say this though, Gabriel. I'm going to agree with you. Like, I I don't think our problems are one player away. To be like, even if that player is a Seth Jones type, like we got, a, we got a lot of other issues that we're gonna have to to figure out, and 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 it unfortunately, kind of sucks that the, that is the situation. And we I guess we gotta reconstruct know, the whole bottom six. That's for like, sure. Like that, there's a lot of work, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's it's it, it, like like one player in the top four, like a Seth Jones would probably just balance out our top four, maybe you know, at best, but. Like, you know, at, at best, right? And that's still kind of assuming that a guy like Jack Rathburn will eventually develop into like a top four as well. Uh, so maybe, you know, that gives you hope, but there's still many, many issues. And then honestly, what, 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 you know, kind of separates the top teams from, you know, the bottom teams often ends up being that depth, right? That, that, that their bottom six is someone that, you know, is pretty solid, right? Can, can, you know, can win new games when, you know, the top six might be off or whatnot. And, and we just don't have that. The one thing, though, and, and, and you know, we're, we're getting long here, but the one thing that I want to talk to you guys about is this odd situation we're in. Like, if Jimbo's not the guy, and, and it sure seems like we're all, the, the entire fan base is done and, and maybe even ownership is done. If Jimbo's not the guy, what are we doing? Like, let him go, right? I mean, like, isn't it awkward? Like, if, if we are going to can miss the playoffs. Don't you want a guy in here, even if it's a temp guy in here to sell your assets for you? Like, mm-hmm. Hey Jimbo, I'm going to can your ass. But before I do so, can you go sell Pearson for me and, and maybe convince Edler to wave? No, he's going to maybe Jimbo is in this mode where he's like, Oh, I got to make a trade and I got to make sure that this trade impacts this team. 
Like, what if he's going out and trading Tanner Pearson for Gabranson again or something? Like, like, what if he's like, we need a defenseman. Like, let's go grab Eric Gabranson. Like, like, I'm actually, like, and I'm even actually then, though, worried about like, that. Like, Tampa, like, genuinely speaking, though, even if, if even if ownership sort of like, look, we're gonna reassess and, and we want you to go sell assets, mm-hmm. you're putting Jim in an awkward situation too. And now I know the one thing I've mentioned before too about hockey is is you know they always recycle the same guys. So maybe Jim has an opportunity here to sort of at least finish his Canucks resume off with a little bit of positivity for the, the future. Oilers might hire him. Right? What do you think, Joe? <laughs> no, like Francesco won't let that happen. So you, we already seen it with Gillis, where Gillis got his balls, his tiny little balls cut off at the end of his tenure. And it's the same thing that's going to happen with Benning here. Benning's not going to be able to do anything. Even this Jake trade, if this Jake trade happens... It's actually a bad sign for all of you Benning haters because I don't see how you're letting this guy make any moves if you're going to fire him. If you're going to fire Benning, it's true. Like if you're a hashtag fire Benning, you are not letting him get rid of anyone at this point. It's going to be interesting. Jake makes sense for Benning though because Jake is his pick. So like I I feel like I think if he's trading Jake, he's trading Jake to somewhere he'd want to go. And where he'd have an opportunity, you know what I mean. But, but you know, like the best move for the Canucks in a Jake trade would be, I mean, all likelihood, either help on defense or like draft picks. A draft you know? pick, right? You get rid like, of the money. You get rid right? of the money, and and you know you you bring in a future asset, which doesn't mean that oh my god, we're gonna draft a guy that's not gonna play for us for five years. First of all, Hoglander was a second round draft pick two years ago, right? So there's one. Secondly, Ottawa. So yeah, secondly, I mean, you could use that pick for, you know, a future package this summer as well, right? Like an asset mm-hmm. is an asset. And at this point, you know, you got to consider what's a better, like, you know, like, am I better off having a second round draft pick or am I better off having a Jake Vertanen as an asset, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I'm with Joe though, I would be surprised because you would want your new GM to go and make like... You would want to give your new GM the opportunity to go and make the trades that he thinks are best using the assets that are in mm-hmm. place. That's true, but the Hawking and Canada guys are saying that they're actually wanting to give the guy a fresh start. So I, I tend to think that they probably do trade Jake here coming up because... Yeah. Like how long are they gonna go without trading the guy? Like yeah, trade, I will how say do you make a trade. Like you have to quarantine for fourteen days. Yeah, maybe go to Ottawa because apparently Ottawa has a lot of interest in him. But uh, probably, who do you want back? I mean, I think maybe a draft pick. Where, uh, maybe a draft pick. Yeah, and so keep in mind, guys. Now, right? Keep in mind, Jake is owed three point four million dollars next year. I'm sure ownership would be warm to that idea as well. And not just that. Um, I think Jimbo actually wanted to get rid of Louis Erickson because apparently Ottawa had interest in Jake, but the Canucks wanted to attach Louis Erickson to that trade, but mm-hmm. Ottawa wouldn't do it. So I think that there's a great possibility that Jake ends up in Boston or ends up in Ottawa, and apparently the Leafs uh, are looking for a winger, but Elliot wouldn't say that who that winger that- is because they don't know who it is. They- so it could be Jake, though. They probably won't get a second, though. I'd be surprised if they get. A I second. think I think they could get a second from a team like Boston, who's like eight, one, and two right now. It's technically like a third, if you think about it. Like, 
if they're going to be one of the top teams in the league, like the where they're trending, like a sec, a late second, which is technically like an early third in that range, I think you get that for Jake if a team really believes in him. Pambier cap space is but that so contract, valuable, man. But contract, that contract. That's what I'm saying. And I'm guessing they probably would have to attach something to that. Right? It, like, I think at, at, at this point, if you get a third, I think you're probably like, woohoo. But remember, I remember when Kevin Bieksa got traded and, and nobody thought that he could get a second, but Jimbo found a way to get a second for Kevin Bieksa. Defenseman, and, though. Yeah, but he was also Garrison bad. got a second, too. Yeah, but which they then went the to was really they... and and honestly, Ottawa's the type of team to just give a draft pick away because they have so many. You know you what need, I mean? You need didn't to find they, like an East Jimbo, right? Like a didn't Jimbo they from the East just Coast. trade? <laughs> didn't Ottawa just? I know we got to end the show. Didn't Ottawa yeah. just make a trade recently and they just Derek gave a second? Derek yeah, Steffen. they just yeah. gave a draft pick away. <laughs> so you never know. You never know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is this is the one thing I love about the NHL. Mm-hmm. Is it's it's a league full of old farts, you know, that that you know you can always end up just like you know schooling yeah. someone, especially with these kind of things. Like, hey guys, he's got size, he's got speed. Come there's on, a, there's, man. A, there's an old fart. They're not wrong. They're not <laughs> like, wrong. Joe, there. Joe's laughing right now because he knows. They're he not knows wrong. That's what I'm saying. He knows They're what not I'm wrong. Saying. Those GMs and managers at Dynasty aren't wrong. He does have size. He does have speed, and he does have a shot, but Travis Green hasn't used him properly. That's my excuse. So, let's just go from there. Let's end the show. <laughs> <laughs> end the show on that note. We'll see what happens. Well, hopefully, there are some better days ahead in Canucks Nation. Yes. Um, but let's see what happens. 